Welcome to the S North Podcast. My name is Philip Casgrain, and I'm joined by my co-host, Dan Byers. How are you, Dan? Not too bad. How are you? I am great. And this week, our guest is Jason Brennan of the New York Times. How are you, Jason? I'm wonderful. Thanks. I'm glad you could join us tonight. Yeah, me too. So, uh, yes. So, um, Jason is our first guest in this series of podcasts where we'll introduce all our, uh, our hopefully, all our speakers for the upcoming NS North 2013 uh, conference, which is coming up in April of 2013, just in case you're listening to this after the conference is done. Um, and um, Jason, can you talk a little bit uh, about the, the company you're currently working for and maybe the one you were working for before? Yeah, sure. Um, so I'm an iOS developer at the New York Times. I just started last week, actually. And so I'm in New York City, and it's very, very exciting. Uh, I work with a team of about uh, 10 to 15 developers, and we work on the your typical New York Times application, like the, the news app. So we work on getting the news out to um, millions of customers every day, and it's a really exciting project to be working on. Um, before I'm assuming that... that- Oh, uh, yeah. Sorry, I'm assuming this is an app that's currently in the uh, in the store. Exactly. It's a newsstand app now, and it's for iPhone and iPad. And uh, right. it's it's been the same evolving application since the App Store launched, I believe. I believe that's when it originally came out in 2008, and they've been working on it ever since. And yet yeah, now it's a, a newsstand app, and it, that seems to be working very well for us. Is, so I'm assuming this is your first... Uh, uh, time playing with the new stand app. Yeah, this is the first time. It's it's so far been an empty sort of folder that I can't get rid of on my iOS <laughs> devices. But now, now I actually get to use it every day. So it, it's kind of nice to to be there. Plus, I always know where it is. Yes, that is true. <laughs> and before that, you were working at Shopify, if I'm not mistaken. That's right. I was in Ottawa. Uh, I lived in Ottawa for about five years, and I was finishing up my degree there. And I worked at Shopify on their mobile applications. Um, so we worked. We built an application from the ground up. That um, if you're a shopkeeper, if you're a, a store owner, and you subscribe to Shopify, you could view all of your orders, check out who your customers are, contact them, uh, check on products to see what your inventory is like. E- everything that you need to run your business on the go, basically, is is what I helped work on. And if you're an NS North, uh, you're coming to the conference, you have used Shopify to buy your ticket. And uh, I have used the Shopify app to look at our our customers and the attendees that are going to come. And it is a great app. I can just say that with uh, no no qualms whatsoever. It works great. Well, thank you very much. I'm I'm glad that I can speak to the person who used to work on it because that's no longer the case. Um, so, uh, aside from these uh, these two great places to work, uh, what did you do in the uh, the iOS and Mac community, or and or Mac community in their recent years that might be of interest to people? Well, like a lot of people, I started developing for iOS when the App Store was was being born. So in two thousand and eight, I'd been looking to do Mac programming for a long time prior to that, but. I was sort of a new developer. I was still in school, and I, I felt like I just didn't have the chops to build a whole big Mac application. So when the App Store came out, when iPhone OS was a new platform to develop for, I said, well, this will be great. The APIs are similar to Cocoa on the Mac, which is what I, I aim to do eventually, but the application sizes are a lot smaller. So it's it's sort of easier to just get good at, at that and then grow into a, a bigger pond later on. So... 
I made an application for myself. It was called Keener. It's still in the App Store today, although I don't really recommend it because it's, it's pretty ancient. Um, but it was an app for students. So I was a student myself, and I used it to take care of keeping track of when my assignments were due, when my quizzes were coming up, and then I could see my grades and see my progress over time. Um, so you were dogfooding uh, before there was even a term that you knew about. <laughs> exactly, exactly. It just seemed natural to me um, to solve a problem for myself and that, of course, like other students could find useful as well. Um, and, and that was pretty good. I never made a whole lot of money off of it, but it felt very fulfilling, just sort of like from a philosophical point of view, like I, I did something great. Um, and it also was featured in Apple's TV ads for a while. Um, yes, I remember that. That I, was awesome. I, I guess featured is kind of an overstatement. It was the icon on the home screen of the, the iPhones that they showed in their TV ads. But still, it was on you know international TV during prime time, so it felt kind of cool. Um, so there was that, and I've done um, other various projects. I've di I did an iPad app before the iPad came out. I worked on that for a while. That was called Tonight. It allowed you to check out concerts that were happening in your city. Um, tonight and the next coming nights, it would display them like they were band posters hanging up. So I had a lot of fun with that one. Um, and, and since then, I've worked on other projects. I've worked for smaller companies. I've worked for larger companies doing prototypes and doing all sorts of internal things. Um, and most recently, probably aside from Shopify, what, what I've really contributed, I feel, is um, it's called the Super Debugger. It's, yes. uh, uh, it takes a technology called F-Script, which was written by a, a developer about, I don't know, 10 years ago probably. Uh, Philippe Mugin, his name is. And yes. he created this interpreter that ran on the Mac. And it was like a small talk-like syntax applied to Cocoa objects. So you had a browser. You could browse through your objects, sort of like an old small talk browser. And you could send them messages and see their properties and see values and stuff like that. Um, so I got a version of that running on iOS. And I modernized it a little bit, slapped a networking layer on top of it, and wrote a shell for the Mac. So you've now got a console on your Mac that you can wirelessly send messages to your iOS app over Wi-Fi or over the simulator if, you, if you're doing it locally. Um, so that came out a couple of weeks ago, and the, the results have been great. Everybody loves it, and it makes me really happy. So, uh, yeah. And This is available, it's actually open source, it's on GitHub, is that right? That's right. So I made it while I was at Shopify, and we decided that it was a good idea to open source this, to give it back to the community so everybody can use it. So we did up a web page for it, and we open sourced it on GitHub, and I've already had a bunch of pull requests already, and everybody's helping out, everybody's really interested. So if you're interested in it, I highly recommend checking it out, it's... There's a main repository under Shopify's GitHub account, and um, there are other forks that are starting to diverge a little bit here or there, but it's great to just check them all out. Nice. Must feel really yeah. good to get, to get some great feedback and uh, community oh, involvement. Oh, yeah. It, it's, it's fantastic. I think this is the first time I've ever really felt like something I've made has had that much of an impact on, on other developers. It's, it's so much better for that for me, I find, because I'm a developer and I know what the pain points are. And I feel like this has solved it for me. And so far, the reactions seem to be that it's solving it for other developers as well. well one thing we never mentioned was uh, you're, you're a fellow Canadian. You're That's right. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm, a, I'm Canadian. So I'm, I'm from Fredericton, New Brunswick. It's on the east coast of Canada. And um, I grew up, I was born and raised there. And I started university at the University of New Brunswick in Fredericton. 
Um, and since then, I, I moved to Ottawa. I found Ottawa on a, a co-op work term, and I fell in love with the city. So I finished my degree there. So I've been, I've been living in Canada for the first uh, 24 years of my life, and, and now I'm living in New York City as of a couple of weeks ago. Right it's the big time now. Yeah. <laughs> I got to see, see a little bit more of the world and see what I can learn and bring back. Well, that brings me nicely to my next point, which is what do you have? Like you mentioned you're a developer and you're a professional developer because you're getting paid to do this. Yeah. But what do you do outside of development? What's, what are your interests? Um, so one thing I've been really interested in is I don't really know what the label would be to give it, but sort of halfway between human-computer interaction and um, – psychology, I guess. So just the design of, of everyday things. And in fact, I'm reading a book on that right now, The Design of Everyday Things. Yes. Uh, Don Norman book. It's great. Um, so I've really been fascinating on, fascinated by methods of like improving how the world works with use of technology. I feel like there's so much potential with computers and with phones and all sorts of electronic devices, but I really feel like their potential hasn't been met And so many people are terrified of using their computers or using their phones. And it's just this huge opportunity that's been missed. So that's been one thing that I've been focusing on a lot lately. Um, so it is still attached to computers a lot, but it's something I see in, in everything. If I'm walking down the street and I'm going to a store, like I think of how the interactions work with, with getting into the store or how the subway signs look and how they convey information. Um, Not what font they are. Yeah, well, well, that's no, that's one important. There's what font also because we're we're nerds. We like fonts. Oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> it's it's Helvetica everywhere so far in New York City that I've I've seen. But I mean, graphic design is a 500 plus year old um, tool that humans have used, and it's really not applied very well to computers. It doesn't convey information as well as as say a book would do. Um, right. So I'm I'm looking at that, and I'm looking at how how graphic design principles that have been used for hundreds of years can apply to software. Well, and if I remember correctly, your, your uh, Tonight app had some of those principles applied because it was designed to look like a band poster. So that was already something, always something fresh and something new to look at and pleasant to look at. Exactly. On the so, iPad not, uh, uh, also. So, you know, instead of scrolling through a list and pressing on items to try and find out what band is actually playing or what city. It just sort of does it automatically. It does the work for you so you don't have to futz with anything. It just finds your location and then it finds the bands and it shows them in a way of prominence. So the band with the most attendees is probably the biggest band that's going to be playing so it's shown first. It's got the most prominence. Um, right. Just principles like that. Right. Lots of heuristics that are uh, designed to make your life easier. Exactly. Nice. Yeah. Um, so... Uh, You're going to be coming to NS North, back to Ottawa in April, and you'll be giving a talk there. Uh, and uh, do you have anything you can share about that up, up, upcoming talk? Well, yeah. So I've sort of hinted at it already, but one of the things I've been thinking about is sort of like an overhaul of how sy systems are made, of how computer software is made. Um, and it's not really an original idea. I've seen lots of literature exist before about this. There's any paper essentially written by Brett Victor. He's a former Apple developer. Uh, he was an interaction designer. He worked on a lot of theoretical interfaces and things that never made it out into the real world, I'm guessing. But he's got such a great mind, and his essays, his papers are so well-researched, and I feel like they're not fully... Uh, their potential hasn't been lived up to yet. So 
I've been thinking a lot about what he's been saying, and I've been thinking a lot about um, the design of everyday things and all these other literatures I've been reading, and I'm trying to come up with a way to use them. So I've got sort of a conceptual framework that I've been working on um, that has multiple levels. So there's a social level that involves dealing with people. There's a level on top of that that's more software engineering oriented. And there's a final level on actually building the systems out of these. And so that's what my talk is really going to be about is these three ideas that all work together so that we can take a giant leap forward in how we all build software. Wow, that's very ambitious. It's, very, it's both high concept and uh, you know, high level. <laughs> So oh, yeah, hopefully we can I, fit I, I that into 45 I, minutes. <laughs> I think so. I'm working on it. It's, it's designed to fit into the constraints of the talk environment. It's, it's a, that's right. a big topic. That's great. That's excellent. And in yeah. your, your, your topic title, I guess we, we announced that this morning or this afternoon. It's tentatively called uh, Build Better Software by Building Software Better. That's right. It's kind of a mouthful. But if you think about it and when you actually hear the talk, it will sort of all make sense. So it's about making software better by doing a better job of making it, I guess. <laughs> well, if you want to hear Jason talk, you, all you have to do is uh, you have to attend NS North. So why do you think people should attend conferences in general? Well, it's a great networking environment for starters. I mean, the first principle of my talk is that um, we need to interact better with our fellow developers, and that's going to really help us build better software. So this is kind of the ultimate way to do that. You're in an environment with about 100 other developers. You've got men and women from all different backgrounds who are all together for the same purpose of building awesome software. And now you've got common topics you can talk about. You can ask what he or she is working on. You can ask questions about the talk to maybe a speaker or maybe one of your fellow talk viewers to see what did they think of it. Um, so you've got that environment there, and I'm sure there's going to be lots of great food, there's going to be lots of great drinks, and Ottawa is just a, a beautiful city, especially to have a, a conference in. Well, we, we really hope that it's going to work that way, because uh, if we have an early spring and we have the Tulip Festival in full swing, it's going to be gorgeous. Oh yeah, the tulips are not to be missed in Ottawa. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you very much, Jason, and thank you, Dan, for helping me co-host. Uh, join us next time where we'll have another speaker and we'll present the new subjects of the NS North Conference. Thank you very much, Jason. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs>